Welcome to the show that brings you all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. It is now time to go Beyond the Bell. right about the time the Survivor Series takes place. Now, we've been kind of kicking it around. What do you think's in the egg? Probably some money. Money? I like that a lot. What about you, young lady? I don't, Gene. I really don't know. You're not even going to speculate. How about you, young fella? A million-dollar surprise. A million-dollar surprise. Like myself and the rest of the world, we're going to find out Thanksgiving at the Survivor Series. What an egg, huh? <laughs> Wrestling fans, it's that time once again to turn back the clock and relive the greatest and worst in the world of sports entertainment and professional wrestling. It is now time to go Beyond the Bell via the SNS Radio Network. I'm your host, ring announcer, Sean Beckerman, and I'm so excited to bring you this special edition of Beyond the Bell. A couple things first. I would like to introduce a brand new member into the wrestling community, into the world in general. My son, Bryce Beckerman, was born last week, and I am so happy and thrilled. I cannot tell you, fans, it's a it's a joy to anyone that has a child. It's especially a joy to myself uh, to have him here in the presence of my wife and I, and he's such a beautiful baby boy, and... He has so much to look forward to, and I cannot tell you how excited I am as a father. One, to help raise him into this world, but two, to teach him all about the world of professional wrestling. My wife calls it the money in the bank case, but I call it the history or the the vault, I should say, of professional wrestling. As I have a, a, a DVD box that holds, or it's a container... It's a huge container, but she she calls it the money in the bank that holds basically every single important and vintage tape slash DVD of the history of professional wrestling. It carries over from from my VHS tapes, which I converted to DVD from the NWA days, AWA, WCCW, and it spans to the current DVD and Blu-ray form uh, formats for WWE. And we see for TNA, Impact Wrestling. And I truly collect the DVDs that I truly feel make an impact or have a true... It puts a stamp in the world of professional wrestling from a timeline perspective. So I plan on, with my son, sitting through the history or the rise and fall of ECW, the rise and fall of WCW, and we look back at the Four Horsemen, and we'll go through these DVDs and get to relive professional wrestling in its glory days, his its heyday, and its not so heyday, its dying days for certain corporations or organizations, and the peak era from Hogan to the Attitude Era. I am so excited to 
relive those moments with my son. And as I do, I hope to share those moments with you fans out there as well. So if there's any advice you fans want to give to me on what I should start him out with, I think we should start him out with some old school wrestling. And it may lead to me being depressed because I would probably miss those days of when pro wrestling was so special to us and so near and dear to to our hearts. Another thing is I hope to have the wrestling buddies come back because I thought that'd be a fun thing for Bryce to play and, and to enjoy because I remember body slamming my my wrestling buddies and I'm wondering to this day why aren't they back especially with the PG era and with the Mattel deal why aren't the wrestling buddies back we miss those guys and I'd like to thank all of you fans on the Facebook fan page for SNS Radio Network for the kind words that you that you stated and, and replied to especially from JJ Allcap Sexay welcoming my son Bryce to the world and all the comments following by you fanatics of the SNS Radio Network especially the the funny the comments as well were particularly entertaining, especially the one that stated, well, now we know what Sean and his wife were doing beyond the bell. That was one of my favorite ones on top of it. So thank you, fans, for your great comments um, and warm wishes, and I truly take it. Um, and, uh, and it brings a tear to my eye. I know, corny, I sound like Triple H now. You broke my heart. But thank you, fans, once again for your love and support as we bring a new life into the crazy world of professional wrestling. The second thing I want to talk about is, again, I'd like to apologize for the delay in between shows. I know it's only, it was a couple days late than normal that we had, um, but I'd like to apologize because it's been a little hectic, as you can imagine, the past two weeks here for myself and my family and my wife with bringing a new life into this world. So we were a little bit off schedule at Beyond the Bell. Um, Please bear with, us, bear with us as we transition um, into the next phase of our lives. I hope to still have shows on a weekly basis, but if they're a little bit behind, you know, 10 to 12 days, please understand because as we're trying just to phase into this new chapter of our lives. Just bear with us and understand that there will be nostalgia wrestling. You won't go without it, but on some weeks it may be a little more delayed than usual as we're just trying to adjust to things here in, you could say, the real world outside of our pro wrestling uh, universe or bubble should I say so please understand that and it coincides with my apologies as well for not continuing or finishing our October programming as we were supposed to have part 3 of our uh, best of Halloween Havoc series which would feature from 1995 through 1998 we will go back and relive those years as we analyze the best of Halloween Havoc. So that will come back. I owe you that episode, so stay tuned in the coming weeks. Part of me said hold off till next year when Halloween rolls around, but I did owe you that third part of the series. So I'm going to try and get that in and fill it into a spot where we have some or a lull in our programming in a certain month. So stay tuned for that, as well as we had Scary Stars, the scariest stars in professional wrestling. That one I may hold off till next year for a Halloween theme. Again, I apologize for not completing our programming schedule for the month of October as things came a little bit sooner for us than planned. So I will make up that Halloween Havoc uh, Part 3 special as we had some great reviews from the first two. You guys love Halloween Havoc. And that that was true. That's classic wrestling. And it, and it definitely is resembled or it's definitely represented in the amount of downloads we've had especially for those for those two podcasts so i'm hoping to do part three for you in the coming weeks scary stars may hold off till next year halloween time but i promise you fans that will go on a more regular schedule i know i have a lot of programming and sometimes i schedule things 
Uh, so much programming as there is so much I want to talk about with you fans. Sometimes I get a little bit uh, over my head with programming and scheduling work life, announcing on weekends for independent wrestling uh, leagues, and doing Beyond the Bell and the Jetpack podcast, which I do. So it's a lot on my plate, and sometimes I juggle too many things at once, and I try to have as much programming as possible for you guys when it comes to all things nostalgia since we come through such tough times, storyline-wise, in professional wrestling. So bear with me. We'll try to have some more solid, steady content for you in the coming weeks, especially into the new year coming up. But October is now behind us. A brand new boy is in my family. And we go to the month of November, and it will be centered around the Survivor Series. Where, Believe it or not, we're just two weeks away from the Thanksgiving tradition, the event that used to be on Thanksgiving Day, Survivor Series. So this month, we're going to spend almost half of this November talking about the Survivor Series and the history of Survivor Series, and we'll also continue on with our Chronicle series, Hulkamania, and continuing on with WCW 101. But we'll talk more about that in the Beyond the Bell Control Center. So fans... Let's kick off our programming in the month of November with the history of the Survivor Series. The most memorable moments in the history of the Thanksgiving tradition known as WWF Survivor Series. This edition of Beyond the Bell will break down the most memorable and most entertaining moments in the history of Survivor Series in the coming weeks, just two weeks away till it rock returns and teams with John Cena to take on The Miz and R-Truth. With that, we'll look back at some of the greatest and worst teams in Survivor Series history and some of the worst and best team names in the history of the survival event. So buckle up, fans, as Beyond the Bell enters the Survivor Series. today's world of professional wrestling, the WWE has 13 pay-per-views annually at a rate of slightly over one a month now, especially the past, I'd say, two to three months. We've had a tremendous amount of pay-per-views. In a period of six weeks, we had three pay-per-views. They come very fast with very little build-up now these days. But in the early days of pay-per-view, there were only four supercards, or the big four, per year. WrestleMania was the company's premier event and always delivered a show fans were anxious to see. Everyone was awaiting it, the granddaddy of them all. The Royal Rumble had a match with a popular gimmick that still goes strong to this very day that all fans look forward to each and every year. It started out as the number three event and crept its way arguably to the number two behind WrestleMania as the most anticipated event of the year. 
SummerSlam usually had a very strong lineup of talent, and several of the greatest matches in WWE history took place at this event. It was possibly known at one point or another, or in some circles, as the midway point of the year, the summer version of WrestleMania, and you got a gauge of where the WWE was headed leading into the following year's WrestleMania. It was the events that could not take place at WrestleMania or the backlash of WrestleMania leading up to the summer extravaganza. Then that led us to November time. Thanksgiving Family, the Survivor Series, was a different event, however. On the heels of WrestleMania 3 success, the WWF created the Survivor Series, designed to cash in even more on the huge rivalry between the Hulkster, Hulk Hogan, and Andre the Giant. The initial telecast aired live on Thanksgiving night in 1987, opposite of the NWA's Starcade extravaganza. In the years that followed, the Survivor Series became one of the most highly anticipated events of the entire year. The concept of the show featured teams of four or five battling each other in an elimination-style match until an entire team was gone, with the survivors being those who avoided elimination. In recent years, the show has kept its traditional theme, but has expanded to include other historic matches, such as casket matches, no disqualification, historic championship title defenses, as well as the infamous Montreal Incident of 1997. On these next editions of Beyond the Bell, we will analyze the spectacular event known as the Survivor Series. We will relive the memorable moments throughout its illustrious history, look back at the best WWE Survivor Series teams, and review the best and worst Survivor Series team names. So buckle up and prepare to be the sole survivor on this edition of Beyond the Bell. This week, we look back at Survivor Series from 1987 through 1997, the first decade of Survivor Series. Right now, folks, we're going to go to another one of our colleagues, Mean Gene Okerlund, as he is with the world's heavyweight champion, Hulk Hogan, and his partners. policy. You live, you die, you survive. But I tell you what, I've done everything I could to cover my back, man. Oh, you got these Look at them, man. Look how hungry they are. The natural food chain here doesn't matter, man. The larger animals like Andre the Giant, it doesn't matter when they're this hungry. An animal like Ken Matera or Mr. Wonderful can eat them alive. But I tell you something, man. I got my policy covered, brother. I got the magnificent one. The deep, dark past. Do what he has to do to get us through this thing. I've got the strongest in the world. I've got the fire, brother, just in case we have to burn the whole jungle down. I'll do it with a fire. But I've got the most unpredictable animal of all right behind me. Ask them how hungry they are. How hungry do they look to you? How hungry are you? I'm 
survive. Does the longest shell survive? What about it? The Rock, Tom Morocco. Oh, the train is over. I'm here for a good time. And a good time. In 1987, we saw Bam Bam's Defiant Stand. At the original Survivor Series, Hulk Hogan led a team of Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, Don the Rock Morocco, Kim Patera, and Bam Bam Bigelow against Bobby Heenan's team of Andre the Giant, Ravishing Rick Rude, King Kong Bundy, The Natural Butch Reed, and The One Man Gang. In the end, Bigelow was left in the ring with Andre, The One Man Gang, and Bundy, but he gave his all and managed to pin both Gang and Bundy before falling to the Giant. It was a fantastic use of the show's format, putting over one of the hot young prospects of the company and set the standard right off the bat for future Survivor Series elimination matches. Well, the countdown down now to just a few days. 50 World Wrestling Federation superstars all in one building, assembled on teams, the Survivor Series. Upcoming this Thursday night, what a Thanksgiving it's going to be. Richfield Coliseum, 730, just outside of Cleveland, Ohio. There'll be a ladies' elimination matchup. Sensational Sherry will captain one team against former champ, the fabulous Moolah, on another team. Two 10-man elimination teams Hulk Hogan will captain one team against Andre the Giants team. There'll be a tag team elimination matchup. And, of course, the Honky Tonk Man will captain a team, Randy Macho Man Savage, against your team. I know you guys have been working out. You're ready for the Survivor Series this Thursday night. Mm, yeah, unbelievably set. Yeah, a lot of the people on my team, uh, yeah, I haven't gotten along with in the past, yeah. yeah. But one thing, yeah, when we sweated against each other, when there was no more sweat, then we realized what a survivor was, yeah. And the ultimate thing in my mind happens to be the honky-tonk man, because he's the guy that put the tear down Elizabeth's face, yeah, right here. And then one over there on the other side. And the multitude of, uh, yeah, focus of attention was on the honky-tonk man, who's been bragging ever since. Well, this is a time where the center of attention goes back on you, man, and the freaks and the geeks. Yeah, the freaks, macho man, the freaks. I got them on my side, and you got the geeks, man. I'm telling you that the Survivor Series is the ultimate, yeah. Guess who's gonna survive? Guess who's gonna survive? I'm telling you that this is the one. This is the one that won't get away. Because uh, Elizabeth will be there at ringside. Did you hear that right there? Yeah, she's going to be there. Mm-hmm, yeah, APB all points bulletin, yeah. Uh-huh. And what confidence I have, yeah. Double embarrassment to Elizabeth would be uh, brutal, yeah. But it won't happen. Thanksgiving night, the Survivor Series in the Richfield Coliseum. My team is ready, yeah. Uh-huh. They realize what must be done. And they realize what extent that we will go, yeah. Like I said, haven't agreed with everybody in the past. But the past is the past. And the present is the present. The future is the future. But the future relies on the mega powers, yeah. The Survivor Series this Thursday night. Once again in 1987, we saw Strike Force team with the fabulous Rougeau brothers, the Killer Bees, the Young Stallions, and the British Bulldogs 
to take on the Islanders, the Hart Foundation, Demolition, the Bolsheviks, and the New Dream Team. These early shows were completely made up of Survivor Series elimination matches. This is what I miss to this very day. Much like a newlywed couple, they were entirely faithful to the concept before getting bored and cheating with regular singles and tag bouts a few years later. What makes this so unique is that each team is comprised of five actual tag teams. You know, when WWE actually had more than one or two, like the Usos are the only team besides Air Boom. So that this match is quite the monstrosity with 20 men out there inside the squared circle. It was a feat you cannot see to this day because you don't have that many tag teams, even in the big two companies combined. But it's easily the best thing on the show. Tag team group versus tag team elimination style. Thank you, Gene. We just witnessed a spectacular matchup here involving the team co-captain by Jake the Snake Roberts. And Jake, you suffered an incredible beating here. First of all, I want to talk about the fact that you DDT'd Ravishing Rick Rude after suffering an incredible beating. I didn't do too bad, you know, when it was four on one. I fought back a little bit, you know. I'll tell you something, brother. I ain't no crybaby. No, sir, you want to send four on one? That's fine. Here, slap me around like a little punk, huh? Treat me like a little baby walking around with my hands and feet, man, crying. No, sir, I ain't going to cry. This is a business, and I take care of business. Damien takes care of business. And if you think that was something, survival series, brother, you got a year. You got a year. You got what you wanted to tonight. But in the next year, my man, I'll get every little bit I want from each and every one of you. And Giant, my big jolly friend, you won't be smiling. No, you choked the life out of somebody, brother. But you're going to find out this is one snake that does survive. Okay, this one is far from over with Jake the Snake Roberts and Andre the Giant. Jake, let's talk quickly about the choking that you received from Andre the Giant, which put you out of the Survivor Series. What can you do, man? The guy's hands fit completely around your neck. It's like a vice squeezing the life out of you. All I heard was a referee counting. One, two, three, four. The man doesn't break. Man, there are rules. But you know something, if you'll just tell me what yours are, I'll be glad to play by them. And if you don't want rules, Giant, give me what you got, big man, because I got something special for you. What a showing here by Jake the Snake Roberts. Let's go back to the ring. Now let's jump to 1988. We saw the Rockers team with the powers of pain, the British Bulldogs, the Hart Foundation, and the Young Stallions as they took on Demolition, the Brain Busters, the Bolsheviks, the Fabulous Rougeaus, and one of my favorites, the Conquistadors. I still have one of the Conquistadors masks, and they came over my house to watch a Mike Tyson event many, many years ago, and he actually had one of those Conquistador masks made for me. I still have it to this day. That gold mask doesn't fit me anymore. It was when I was, you know, a little youngster, a little Hulkamaniac, but the Conquistadors are always one of my favorites back in the 80s. But much like the year prior, they've taken 10 tag teams and lumped them together in one Survivor's match. And much like the year prior, it's easily the best thing on the show. One thing that really strikes you is the sheer number of managers that the WWE had in its employee and on their roster at one time. In this match alone, you've got teams managed by Bobby Heenan, which I think he managed 50 or 60 guys at once, especially maybe at this point of his career. Mr. Fuji, Jimmy Hart, and Slick 
you know, people have completely forgotten at one point that matters even existed in WWE. Yet you had three or four of the greatest of all time in this one match. And for those of you that don't recall or that don't remember, the Conquistadors were called Uno and Dos. Which I think is so awesome. (laughs) Stereotypical, but hilarious nevertheless. But how can you go wrong picking this? It was entertaining. You had all great teams together fighting once in each other. The tag team division was red hot at that point in the 80s. You had great managers, which makes for a great Survivor Series matchup. Yo, Hulkamaniacs! It's Thanksgiving night, and this is the happiest time of year for all the Maniacs, brother. You know, me and all my little Hulksters, we got a lot of things to be thankful for. Number one, we're thankful for being happy and very healthy. We're thankful for having time to share with our loved ones. We're also thankful that Hulkamania is still the strongest force in the universe. And after the turkey's done, after the blessings are all done, I can tell you what the Hulkster's mostly happy about. It's Survivor Series time, and I'm thankful for my team of Hulkamaniacs. I'm thankful because I'm rich, and you're not. (laughs) I'm thankful for having Damien and the DDT. You know what we're thankful for? We don't have to fight each other! Oh yeah, I am thankful that I am the only man worthy of being the Macho King. Oh yeah! I'm thankful for the privilege of living right here in the good old U.S. of A. Tough guy! I'm thankful I've got that big earthquake on my side! (laughs) What I'm thankful for for Thanksgiving for my polka dots! I'm thankful for the judges I serve! I'm thankful for wrestling, cutting, and strutting. I'm thankful for my good looks. I'm thankful for having the most ravishing body in the WWF. I'm thankful because I ain't Ricky Rude. I am thankful for being the world's smartest man. I'm thankful for being absolutely perfect. Yeah, we're thankful for having Sunny stuffing and turkey tonight. I'm thankful for spending Thanksgiving with all the members of the Heenan family. Thanksgiving every day, but especially this day, as the Warriors give me the intention to deliver the power at Survivor Series, it is going to be a war! The WWF Survivor Series, the Thanksgiving Night Tradition, the ultimate in team competition, with Team Captain Ultimate Warrior and Andre the Giant. Join fellow members, the Anvil, Jim Neidhart, along with Haku, as they join the Rockers and the Brain Busters. It's the Ultimate Warriors against the Heenan family. Team Captains Rowdy Ronnie Piper and Ravishing Rick Rude join fellow members, Superfly Jimmy Stuka and Mr. Perfect, along with the Bushwhackers and the Fabulous Rougeos. It's Ronnie's Rowdies against Rude Rude. Team Captains Hacksaw Jim Duggan and the Macho King Randy Savage join fellow members Rugged Ronnie Garvin and Greg the Hammer Valentine along with Bret Hart, along with Dino Bravo, Hercules, and the Earthquake. It's the 4x4s against the King's Court. Team Captain Dusty Rhodes and the Big Boss Band join fellow members Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Bad News Brown along with the Red Rooster. Rick Martell, Peel Santana, the whole 
Join fellow members Jake the Snake Roberts and Zeus, along with Demolition and the Powers of Pain. It's the Hulkamanian versus the Million Dollar Team. It's the Survivor Series. In 1989, we saw the Hulkamaniacs team comprised of Hulk Hogan, Jake Roberts, and Demolition take on the Million Dollar Team, the team of Ted DiBiase, Zeus, and the Powers of Pain. The thing that one can say they loved, or especially myself, about these early Survivor Series matches was that you had team names. Regular team names in WWE these days don't even re- have real names in them. Or even the teams that are left. That's why you have Air Boom. You're missing its corny, which would fit the 80s, but lacks that truly awesome corniness, for lack of a better term. You can give TNA credit. At least they have teams like the Motor City, Motor City Machine Guns and Beer Money, or former Beer Money, but at least they had some creative team names. You know, Mexican America. What what was the last cool team name that WWE had? You have to think of yourself. This show was full of great team names. You had the Rowdies, Rowdies, the Enforcers, the King's Court. But this is the match where, or especially fans of the WWE, remember so specially, so vividly. And that is because they got rid of Zeus real quick here. Because, well, he was limited inside the ring what he can do except for pound his chest and yell all he did was choke people and that's sort of legal as well inside the squared circle he had Hogan flat on his back for about three minutes into this and was choking the life out of him prompting a hilarious scene that we saw referee Earl Hebner violently wrench back on Zeus's head trying to pry him off the Hulkster but to no avail when Zeus shoved him away that was enough for the DQ Zeus gone the rest of this was fairly standard, you saw in a Survivor Series match, but especially myself, I always enjoyed seeing Hogan in there with DiBiase because when you really stop to think about it, we never got to see them square off much on TV. I saw them plenty of times in Madison Square Garden on a special house show when they ran circuits there in New York, but they never really had a big pay-per-view singles match together. And DiBiase was such a great prototypical heel and would have been a great combatant on a regular basis with the Hulkster. And he could have drew even more money. I'll tell you what I'd do with Damien. I don't have a phobia about snakes, Gorilla. Take a look at my boots. Well, I'd have a brand new pair. I know somebody that has a phobia about snakes. It's Bobby the Brain Heenan and Andre the Giant. Talk about exciting matchups. Right now, we're going to go back again with Sean Mooney and the Mega Powers and their team. Joining me now, the team of five, co-captained by the Mega Powers and Macho Man Randy Savage. A lot of scores to be settled tonight. Oh, yeah, the Survivor Series, yeah, and all over the world, yeah. People are feeling the electricity, but this team here, the Mega Powers, is binded together. You see what they, Macho, when you're hot, you're hot, and when you're not, you're not, brother. How can we lose with the stuff we're going to use tonight? Isn't that right, you? 
Okay, adding to this team of five, Hillbilly Jim. Hootie, let me tell y'all something right now. All over this great country, it's Thanksgiving, and God bless America. Let me tell you something, son. Them boys are going to feel the heat from this old kitchen tonight. Whoa! Each man having his own reasons for stepping into the ring. One man in particular, the mighty Hercules. You got that right. The mighty Hercules is always still alone, but he's found out now that he don't have to anymore. Welcome to the jungle, million dollar man. With these animals beside me, you're going to find out you can't always get what you want in DBS. You're going to get what you Man. Yeah. I mentioned reasons Hulk Hogan certainly be looking for the big boss man. Just like the 24 pythons are the largest arms in the world. Just like Hulkamania has ruled for five long years. There are no weak links in this chain, man. The mega power team has been bonded as one, brother. Body, mind, soul, physical ability. When the mighty Hercules stood in the Pacific Ocean, when we had our seance, when we raised our hands, united ourselves as one, we were struck down as Hulkamaniacs. And I actually feel sorry for the team on the other side. Akeem, the big boss man, Haku, the red rooster, the multi-million dollar man. As far as I'm concerned, when I look across that ring, each and every one of those guys is going to dollar sign planted on their head. And each and every one of those guys looks like the big boss man. The macho man knows what he's going to do. We've got an aerial assault. We've got a mountain man. We've got the strongest man in the world. And what you going to do when Hulk Hogan and the mega powers run wild on you? The main event still to come. Let's go back to Gorilla Monsoon as Survivor Series action continues. In 1990, the gobbledygooker hatches. When it was time for the 1990 edition of the event, WWE tried to shake things up a bit. Instead of matches declaring victors, the surviving members of each victorious team went on to a final Survivor Series contest, giving the fans an extra match and a subtle tournament-type undertone to the event. Feeling that it was not enough to spark interest, the WWE also decided to build anticipation with the inclusion of two mysteries, quote-unquote, that would be resolved during the event. The first mystery that the WWE teased its audience was the identity of the secret member of Ted DiBiase's million-dollar team. DiBiase had been in the midst of a feud with Dusty Rhodes, who had his dream team, comprised of himself, Coco Beware, and the Hart Foundation. DiBiase was going to be joined by the team of Rhythm and Blues, the Honky Tonk Man, and Greg the Hammer Valentine, and a surprise member. If fans wanted to see who the mystery man was, they had to attend the event, or purchase it on pay-per-view. Shockingly, right? A shocking notion. In order to see a surprise revealed, you deliver it on a paid event. Look at that. Shocking if this is forgotten this day and age. However, the biggest mystery of all surrounded a gigantic egg. For weeks leading up to the event, an enormous egg was brought out from arena to arena, used to hype the upcoming supercard. Fans were told that the egg would hatch at the Survivor Series, and anything could be inside. As the big day loomed nearer, speculation ran wild about what would be inside the egg. Many thought it would be a debuting wrestler or personality. Maybe it it was some prize to be given away to a lucky fan in attendance. However, nobody was prepared for what actually happened. 
With all of the initial elimination-style matches underway, fans in the Hartford Civic Center were awaiting the final match when the giant egg was brought out to ringside. Mean Gene Okerlund was on hand to witness the giant unveiling as the egg began to crack. After weeks, if not months, of build-up, the egg finally hatched from it and emerged a giant turkey. Yes, after an insane amount of anticipation and build-up, what came out of the egg was a man dressed in a turkey costume. I said it. The millions of people watching the event at home, as well as the 16,000 in attendance in the Hartford Civic Center that day, witnessed one of the most embarrassing events in the history of sports entertainment. I won't say pro wrestling now, because this is when sports entertainment came into play. Hector Guerrero, dressed in an absurd turkey suit, proceeding to flip and dance around the ring, making turkey noises and dancing with Mean Gene. Okerlund, using his vast announcing talents, deduced the name of the clucky man was the Gobbly Gooker. Guerrero and Okerlund spent what seemed to be an eternity making fools of themselves as the capacity crowd booed so heavily, praying for this event to end. Gorilla Monsoon and Rowdy Rowdy Piper tried to save this fiasco on commentary, claiming that the arena loved the gobbledygooker, as they were barely audible over the sounds of booing and jeering. This is when you really need that, that chair track to play. I remember sitting at home, wondering, is this going to be the debut of a new star? Is this someone from maybe from the NWA coming on board? But it's before we saw people jumping from show to show. I thought man, this had to be some really serious major surprise for them to, to tease it. I'm excited. Who is this going to be? A new guy? A new superstar? And then in the back of my mind, um, maybe because I'm naive or I was trying to think the best out of any situation, I'm thinking, well, maybe the the true star or superstar will come out of the costume and be a new wrestler in WWF. So naive. One has to wonder what WWE management was thinking in this situation. The gimmick is one of the worst ever devised in wrestling's long history of horrible gimmicks. Still even talked about to this day. It was in the gimmick the gimmick battle royal at WrestleMania 17. The fact that the man portraying the gooker was a talented in-ring performer from a legendary wrestling family made it all the more unfortunate and unbelievable on top of it. Somebody somewhere in the front office of the WWE thought that this idea would draw money. Make no mistake about it. Professional wrestling is a business. A business to draw money. Everything they do is done with the intention of making a fan pay their hard-earned dollars for a ticket to an event or pay-per-view broadcast. You draw them in. You're supposed to build up anticipation, suspense. You, I think in the long run, you should know what the end game is and what the conclusion will be of a certain feud or storyline, but what makes it so special is the ride the company takes you on, the suspense, the roller coaster, twists and turns. It was believed that fans would see the gobbledygooker, a grown man in a turkey costume, and shell out cash to see what he did next. You really think so? In order to try to deduce why anyone in their right mind would believe this insane idea would draw a single dime, one has to understand that in professional wrestling, more than any other form of entertainment, you never can tell what will draw money. A perfect example of this occurred the very same night, which we'll get into. 
But think back, we just all, some of you complained, some of you enjoyed the Muppets recently on Raw. At least it wasn't the gobbledygooker. For all you fans that hate the PG era of WWE these days, I'm not saying everything that they do is great now, but look at the gobbledygooker. Man, the country is buzzing about the big one this Thursday night, the Thanksgiving tradition. I'm talking about the Survivor Series, the ultimate team, with team captain, World Wrestling Federation champion, the ultimate warrior, joined by the Intercontinental champion, of course, the Texas Tornado, along with the Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal. Gentlemen, this Thursday night, the perfect team, Mr. Perfect, and all three of Demolition. That's right, Gene Oakland, the perfect team. They say they can do no wrong. Well, you better get your turkey dinner in early, boys, because on turkey day, you may be eating your turkey through a straw. A liquid diet is what you're going to consist of, because you can't chew turkey when we kick your teeth down your throat. All right, as you know, all four men in team competition. However, I see some individual matchups taking place. One quite possibly could be you, Texas Tornado, and their team captain, Mr. Perfect. Well, first of all, I'm getting sick and tired of hearing the perfect team. I'm tired of hearing Mr. Perfect say how perfect everything he does is the perfect this and perfect that. Well, I'll tell you what, perfect, you can't run. Because I've got the Legion of Doom and the Ultimate Warrior looking out for me. So perfect, bring it on, because it's you and me, boy. All right, let's talk about some of the possibilities we might see this Thursday night in the Survivor Series. Maybe in this team competition, a four-on-three, three-on-two, two-on-one, maybe even a four-on-one, Hawk. Odds make no difference to us. We've been fighting them all our life. And being so vastly far from perfect, speaking for myself, of course, I wonder what it's like to make somebody who thinks they're perfect look very imperfect in front of a lot of people. All right, team captain, the World Wrestling Federation champion is psyched for this one. The ultimate warrior, your thoughts here at the 11th hour. Surrounded by the force field. My warriors channel to us. Even you, Gene Oakland, cannot escape now. You must stay with us until D-Day, this Thursday, Turkey Day. Maybe then you will be released, but until then, I will program these individuals to stay unstructured and unbalanced. All right, there's the lineup. The ultimate warriors and the perfect team. I'm very curious to find out who will survive in the Survivor Series. With me four individuals who claim to be the flawless foursome, the perfect team, and if what we just saw was any indication, there is going to be a war in Hartford, Connecticut this Thursday night at the Survivor Series. First of all, Mr. Perfect, what were you doing at ringside? First of all, I'm the team captain. I can go to ringside. All of my teammates are in the ring at any time. So does that mean the Texas Tornado can turn around and throw a punch at me for just standing at ringside? This man needs an adjustment. This is the team that's going to show him what's going on. Well, you brought the entire team to ringside, and uh, I'll tell you, Smash, you had a little help out there with the Texas Tornado. Well, I think your eyes are bothering you a little bit. Texas Tornado, you are down. I was beating 11 daylights out of you, and you know it. Perfect. What I'd like you to do for me, please, warm up that arm right there. Because when we get the Texas Tornado on my knee again, and you're up there waving it like this, don't hurt that arm. Because I want you to go like this, and I want him to come down and break his neck. Yeah. And then Axel will go up there and break that Legion of Dumb's neck. 
and all's we got left is the ultimate meatball. Well, gentlemen, I think you're all aware anything can happen at the Survivor Series. Two on two, four on four, one on... Won't you shut up and let me answer you a question, Amoeba? You probably think the Warriors are going to win, don't you? Well, I think they... Ah, shut up. Nobody wants to hear from you anyways. Listen here, Warriors. I hope each and every one of you got a good look at what happened to the Texas Tornado when he got the devastating elbow right across the neck. Okay, well, the Ultimate Warrior is going to be there as well. Also, what about the Legion of Doom, X? We call them the Legion of Doom, and we're not concerned about them. The only thing we want to prove to the people, we're going to prove to ourselves first that we're the best wrestling machine there is today. The perfect team with the perfect captain. And he has one wish for Thanksgiving. And we're going to grant that wish that he has that scrawny little neck of the Texas Tornado to twist. Well, uh, Mr. Perfect, you must keep in mind there are two World Wrestling Federation champions on the Warriors. Of course, the Ultimate Warrior, the WWF champion. And what about the Intercontinental Champion, the Texas Tornado? All you have to know, Mooney, is this. The name of the game is survival. Behind me is demolition. That means they destruct anything in their path. And with Mr. Perfect's wrestling skills, I only see one thing. A perfect victory. That would be World War III, Gorilla. <laughs> We saw the debut of the Phenom, the Undertaker. While Survivor Series 1990 is infamous for the debut of the Gobbledygooker like we discussed, it is also famous for the, de- for the debut of another WWE, not wrestler, megastar the aforementioned surprise member of Ted DiBiase's team was not a wrestler WWE fans were familiar with. He was a WCW star, or maybe not a star, but wrestler, who went by the name of Mean Mark Callis. Only with WCW for a short time, his contract was not renewed, and he was signed by the WWE. Seeing his size and athletic ability, Vince McMahon felt he could make Callis a star. Upon entering the promotion at the Survivor Series, he was given the gimmick of an undead zombie who could not feel pain as he was an animated corpse who would better his opponents unmercifully. People who are not aware of wrestling history must feel that this idea was almost as bad as a man in a turkey suit, if not worse. Who would ever buy into such a ludicrous idea as that? Surely this man was laughed at or laughed even out of the building almost as quickly as the gooker was, right? However, those who are longtime wrestling fans know that this was the debut of The Undertaker, one of the single most successful gimmicks in WWE history, one that is still going strong 20 years and several world title reigns later. 
what made it work was the superstar portraying the character. Uh, it was unique. You saw people's jaws drop. An eerie feel came over the crowd when The Undertaker came out because it was new. It was different. Yes, it was overdrawn, over-dramatic character. But it still created attention. It made you watch. Most wrestlers don't get auspicious debuts. Most come in, hit a few signature moves, and beat a jobber. If they're lucky, they get vignettes hyping their debut and showing their character, like Brodus Clay. However, The Undertaker was a surprise entrant for Ted DiBiase's team at this event. And his appearance captured the imagination of everyone in the arena. He hit the tombstone on Coco Beware before getting counted out. The WWE would never be the same again. In the crazy world of pro wrestling, you never can tell what will connect with the fans. This initial gimmick, that undead zombie, that slow pace, that slow walk, was so unique, it drew a lot of people in. But it was the evolution of The Undertaker, that character, that kept him viable and kept him relevant to this very day. The Undertaker set the standard of what a true character is in the world of sports entertainment. These are the natural disasters, but there are four superstars who combine the terrible forces of nature. It is these four men, an earthquake. It seems tonight you set the tone for this Thursday night, but you must keep in mind at the Survivor Series, it's not just going to be one man in the ring. You, perhaps, could be going to four Hulkamaniacs, Hulk Hogan, perhaps. That will never happen. I have the strongest, meanest, and wildest team in the WWF. If all the Hulkamaniacs do what boss man does they'll be smart because there's no way that they will advance to the grand finale against us well also on this team two members of the heenan family you saw the big boss man out there in the ring with the earthquake he has stated that there is no man who's going to block his path to get to bobby the brain heenan you will be standing in his way barbarian big boss man Tell if him, you tell need him, to put him. your hand That's right. on Bobby Hidden, right. you have to go through me or Haku. But it ain't gonna happen this time. The survivor is getting closer, and we are coming to get you, Haku Maniac, as our victim. Well, not only will you have to look out for the big boss man, Haku, what about the man with the two by four? We all team here. Duncan. I don't care about Jim Duncan. We all team here. We stay together, and we're going to walk out together as the victorious. Well, there are all kinds of possibilities that can happen at the Survivor Series. It you got two on two, one on four. Anything can happen, and you've got not anything. Can, I'll tell you what's going on. Tell them to predict ah. right now. First man out is going to be the fat dog boat. The second one out, Hacksaw Jim yeah, Duggan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The third man out, the big boss man. Yeah. And you, Hulk Hogan, will be there all by yourself facing the most oh, devastating oh, 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 in the World Wrestling Federation. And yes, it's going to be your final chapter, Hogan. Your last match. Hulk Hamania right, is going right. to die at Survivor. Gentlemen, just get in the
just moments ago. You met Sergeant Slaughter one-on-one, and all of a sudden, from out of left field, here comes General Adnan. That's exactly right. I just came out of the ring, Mean Gene. Yeah. And I found out a lot about the no good Sergeant Slaughter, the traitor. You're disgraced, and you can't get the job done on your own. No But way. in Survivor Series, you're going to find out what the odds are. Four against yeah. one. Oh, That's what we want. Yeah, yeah baby. Quite possible yeah. that could happen in the Survivor Series. Also, joining Nikolai Volkov yeah. and Gino Santana, Butch and Luke the Bushwhackers. Yes, James, take a look at us. A League of Nations made from Volkov of Europe. And in the Survivor Series, we're going to be the toughest unit, and we're going to stuff our opponents oh, all over the planet. Right. Right. Me, Don't James. Me, we're going in there. We're all out. Hot. So, oh, because, oh, man, Gene, we're going to be all yeah. fighting. All right, I thank you, Sean Moody. These four men, the dream team, this Thursday night Thanksgiving in the Survivor Series are going to be squaring off against the Million Dollar Team with Captain Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. He's going to be joined by the Rhythm and Blues and a yet-to-be-named fourth man, a mystery partner, rounding out that foursome. Brett the Hitman Hart, you've just returned from the ring victorious over the Honky Talk Man, but what about this Thursday night in team competition? Well, Honky Talk Man, he found out and he lost the battle. But next time, when the Dream Team steps in the ring with the Million Dollar Team at the Survivor Series, we're going to win the war. Right, team? Woo! Yeah, I'm going, baby! What about it, Coco? I feel all right! Oh, yeah! Because it's Survivor! Survivor! Oh, yeah! Come on, Jim, talk to him, brother. Jim, the Adam Neidhart, this has got to be right down your alley. You're a team man all the oh, way. You know, you know what, Gene? It's, it's right down... The dream team's alley, but about this mystery partner, what do we have to do? Hire, hire a private investigator? No, we don't have to hire a private investigator to find out who this mystery man is. We're just going to survive. What about a team captain of the American dream? Oh, let me Dust tell you oh, what it is oh. all about, baby. The bottom line is that when you bring a force that we know nothing about, we only get better. We only get meaner. We only get ready for the Survivor Series. Talking about Thursday night. There's family involved here now. I said, drug my family into this fine, my belly. Well, as family here, brother, there's a lightning bolt here, baby. There's the greatest tag team in the world on the Dream Team. And there's the America Dream, Dusty Rose, who is coming specifically for Ted DiBiase. And a mystery partner, if he's big. Yes. If he's short, yes. if he's round, yes. if he's tall, yes. if he's bad, yes. if he's good, oh. is he ugly, oh. is he wood, 
first. We don't care because we don't kick butt in Survivor Series. Right, baby? Yeah, yeah. baby. Yeah. All right, it is quite evident to me the Dream Team is ready this Thursday night. The shootout coming up from Hartford, the Survivor Series. You won't want to miss this one. Oh, my. Right now, let's get back to the arena and get rid of Monsoon. Joining me, a team that has certainly been bought and paid for, the Million Dollar Man's Million Dollar Team. Now, we'll get to you, uh, Ted DiBiase. First of all, I want to address the Honky Tonk Man. Obviously, you cannot be pleased with the match you were just involved Obviously, in. Obviously, anybody can cheat to win, and that's exactly what Bret Hart did. But this Thursday night at Survivor Series, there'll be no cheating to win. That's right. That's exactly right. And let me tell you something, Hearts. You'll be the Hearts. You're going to be heartbroken. And I'm going to tell you something else. We got an ace up our sleeve. He's the mystery partner. Who's the mystery partner? Where is he from? How big is he? What can he do? I know it, and my team knows it, but that's the ace in the hole for us. And it's too bad, Dusty Rhodes, that you don't have that punk kid of yours in your corner, because then we'd have all the turkeys in the ring at the same time. Yes. Yeah, going to be a big Thanksgiving Day feast, Dusty Rhodes. How many times do you have to go to bat, Rhodes, before you realize that you're not going to get a hit off the Million Dollar Man or the Million Dollar Team? You're just like an old mule that keeps butting your head into a wall and back it up and button that wall again. You just can't seem to figure out that no matter how many times you hit the wall, you're not going to get through. And this Thursday night, we're going to prove it all once and for all. Is that right? Well, Tell him about it, Hammer. You mentioned the Hart Foundation. You, of course, mentioned American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. But you must remember, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Coco Beware, is going to be a part of that team as well. Well, Coco Beware, he can bring his bird down and we'll roast him. We'll have him as a Thanksgiving bird. Coco Beware, we're not worried about you. The Dream Team, everybody knows that calls and that is exactly what they are, the dream team, because they are dreaming if they think they can go past rhythm and blues, the million dollar team, because we're worth a lot of money. And we're going to go out and show everybody that it costs a lot of money for Rhythm and Blues, the Million Dollar Team, and our mystery partner. We're going to pull it out. We're going to mow them right down, Dusty Rhodes. The incentive, as always, the incentive, as always, with the Million Dollar Man's team, in the motivation is money. And these men have been, palms have been greased. And the mystery partner, please don't ever underestimate what I've got up my sleeve. Dusty Rhodes, I've left you laying too many times. And this Thursday night, Thanksgiving, you're going to be the biggest stuffed turkey of them all. <laughs> Let's go over to Mean Gene Okerlund. The Gravest Challenge. From 1991, we saw Hulk Hogan, the WWF champion, take on The Undertaker for the World Wrestling Federation title. Screw jobs are a part of Survivor Series. We see that now. Obviously, there is one that stands tall above all the others, all above the rest, of course, and is the one most often referenced when other screw jobs take place at the event. Plus, the Survivor Series seemed to loom in some of the greatest rivalries in professional wrestling history. But it was a tradition long before 97. This was one of the first, and one with important short-term and long-term ramifications for the World Wrestling Federation. The champion was Hulk Hogan, the biggest star in wrestling. The challenger was the previous year debuting The Undertaker. Now, with this debut, 
that happened at last year's Survivor Series, we saw this star dominate competition. Who would have known that since this match, The Undertaker would not only last longer in the WWE than Hogan, but go on to become a true wrestling legend? Who would have thought it? This match was the first of many big-time matches for Taker, and one of the most anticipated matches of Hogan's peak as champ. Hogan last beat Sergeant Slaughter for the title, but the WWF was starting to change. New wrestlers from the NWA were jumping over, including Sid Vicious and Nature Boy Ric Flair. Fans were tiring of the corny monsters, and Hogan was without a real threat as champion. Enter Ric Flair and The Undertaker. By all means, this should have been Flair's win over Hogan. The match was made, and a young, athletic Undertaker was bumping all over the place for the elder statesman. The match was going the Hulkster's way until Ric Flair made his way down the aisle. Flair would make his presence known by coming down to ringside and trying to steal Hogan's belt. Hogan was able to fight him off, but also had to contend with Paul Bearer. The two-man interference was too much for the Hulkster, and Flair wound up tossing a steel chair inside the ring, which would be the deciding factor. The Undertaker tombstone Hogan on top of the steel chair, which was new at the time, caused a bit of a shock, leading to a 1-2-3 and winning his first World Wrestling Federation Championship. Today, this won't be a big deal, but back then it was huge whenever the world title changed hands, because now it's changed every freaking month. But it was a big deal at the time, especially Hogan losing to a new young guy that's unheard of. This was the, this basically was only the second time since the pay-per-view boom that the world title changed hands on a show other than WrestleMania. That's how special and unique it was. It drew attention. This was the first time a non-elimination style match was held on a Survivor Series so that's a key point we have to look at. This match, being the first non-elimination style, set a new tone as Survivor Series was starting to evolve. And I think it evolved too much where we got away from the traditional style of Survivor Series. This was Hogan's third title loss, if you don't count Andre the Giant's non-sanctioned win on Saturday night's main event with the Hebner screw, screw job finish when the twin brother screwed the Hulkster out of the title and Andre basically handed the belt over to DiBiase as DiBiase forked over cash and basically paid for the WWF title. This was one night, one match, and a lot of history. The Undertaker was still a new kid on the block, yet the new kid shocked the world by beating Hulk Hogan for the WWF title. I remember I could not believe it. The Undertaker, he's not a world champion. He shouldn't be champion. He's only been in the company for a year. Why is he beating my Hulkster? Oh, 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 yes, the immortal Hulk Hogan. Your gravest challenge is only two weeks away. The clock is ticking down. Everyone has seen your casket. Now it won't be long, and everyone will see your burial spot. All your little Hulkamaniacs can line up one by one and toss a rose on your casket. And we'll walk away with your title. Your title. Your soul. Your Hulk of maniacs. They all come to an end. The 27th is your day of rest.
Podcast. This undertaker, truly, ladies and gentlemen, is something else. He is a force to be reckoned with. And I'm certain that Hulk Hogan is going to touch on that as he makes an appearance here in just a few moments in the funeral parlor with the undertaker's manager and confidant, Paul Bear. This week, we got comments from L.O.D. and the big boss man. Get Gunny! It seems to be that your wall is crumbling slow. We're waiting on you. Are you going to let Savage be our partner or not? Because we got a fight to do. And it's our fire series, whether he's with us or not. Us three will be the victors. Right, boss man? That's right. Animal, do you believe in law, order, and yeah. justice? Oh, do you believe in law, order, and justice? know it. The big boss man lives, ace, and breathes law, order, and justice. And in Survivor Series, we're going to make sure it's dished out one by one. The three of us are going to beat the four of you, plain and simple. You don't like it? We don't care. What a in 1992, we saw a couple storylines come to a head at the Thanksgiving tradition. We saw the big boss man defeat his nemesis, Nails, the convict that came back to attack the big boss man for revenge from Cobb County, Georgia. It was a little scary seeing Nails wrestle, not not just because of the way he talked, because he was <laughs> terrible inside the squared circle against the big boss man. That was the culmination of that storyline. We saw Mr. Perfect and Macho Man Randy Savage team up. Mr. Perfect returned to the ring to team up and defeat the team of Razor Ramon and Nature Boy Ric Flair, who arrived in the World Wrestling Federation with his first big-time pay-per-view as the real world's champion. We saw a elimination-style matchup Four-on-four Survivor Series style between the Nasty Boys and Natural Disasters as they defeated Money Incorporated and the Beverly Brothers. We saw Brett the Hitman Hart in his first title defense against the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels. And he came out victorious. And it was apropos as this was the year 1992. And just five years later, these two would once again find themselves in the main event of Survivor Series. With me now, the reigning Intercontinental Champion, Shawn Michaels. During the past month, we have witnessed an incredible turn of events in your life. Conspicuous by her absence, your manager, Sensational Sherry, who right now is recovering from injuries she suffered during a confrontation you had with Marty Jannetty. And many believe it was you to save yourself who pulled Sensational Sherry in that, front of that a charging is, that is a Marty Jannetty. Nonetheless, without your manager, less than two weeks ago, you captured the Intercontinental title from what seemed to be an invincible British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. And tonight, here at the Survivor Series, you face a man many believe is the greatest scientific wrestler of all time, Bret the Hitman Hart. And he is indeed a fighting champion during his short tenure. He has defended the title more than any man in World Wrestling Federation history. You want to talk history there, Sean Mooney? Let's talk a little history, okay? Who is the man that beat Bret Hart at SummerSlam for the Intercontinental title? Well, the British Bulldog. That's right. Now, who is the man that defeated the British Bulldog quite easily, I might add, to become the new WWE? 
intercontinental champion. Well, you did. Everyone That's knows. right, and me. Now, for all you mathematical geniuses out there, one and one make two. Two belts. See, when I signed for this match, Hitman, I knew I had nothing to lose and everything to gain. Your belt's on the line. Mine stays right here. So tonight, all over the world, the last thing the people will hear is, ladies and gentlemen, Shawn Michaels, the Intercontinental Champion, and new World Wrestling Federation Champion, has left the building. A very confident Shawn Michaels, the reigning Intercontinental Champion, on his way to the ring. It's champion versus champion. Well, my thoughts... First of all, they come from the heart, and they come with the utmost in feeling. You see, they say that the greatest form of flattery is imitation. And for perfect, in his wildest dreams, to stand in front of the world and tell everyone that I emulate him, that I walked in his footsteps, that I lived in his shadow, that every success I've enjoyed, which means two times, being the WWF champion was because he orchestrated the whole thing, because the brain sat on the sideline. Wrong! Perfect! A little while ago, you referred to yourself as the greatest double reverse artist of all time. Well, pal, Wednesday, make sure you cross the goal line. Make sure that in all your illusions of grandeur and all this excitement and this new found lifestyle that you learn how to survive. Thank you, gentlemen. Stay yeah, tuned. More Survivor Series showdown after this. Easy. The year was 1993. We saw the Hart family, Brett, Owen, Bruce, and Keith take on Shawn Michaels and his knights. The Red Knight, the Blue Knight, and the Deadly Black Knight. If you're wondering why HBK would have his own team of medieval knights, let's explain. Jerry Lawler was to be the captain of that team as he'd been feuding with Brett for months. It made sense. We had the Kiss My Foot match. He had the long rivalry, rivalry between the King and Brett making fun of his parents and basically dragging the heart name through the mud. So it was set up to have the hearts against the king in his court. But Lawler went and got himself in some legal trouble, which booted him out of the Survivor Series match. Michaels, who was still on suspension for what was to believe to have been a steroid failure, was reinstated, and this was his first match back. This is before the, the, the set drug testing policy WWE has now where you're suspended for 30 days and you cannot you know you can't go on the road or travel but you can be set up in storylines but be non-paid to fit and mesh with the current plot lines within WWE but at the time they ended Michael's uh, suspension and he was put into this match in place of Lawler the family feud host at the time Ray Combs did the intros to this match and it was quite annoying we saw him at Wrestlemania as well it also marks the first and only time in his career, or should I say his WWE career, that Bret Hart wore a singlet with no pants. 
people thought maybe this is the new look for the Hitman. It wound up being the Rockets' new look going forward. The match itself was very good, and most importantly was the starting point of the Brett Owens sibling rivalry. Leave it to Shawn Michaels to stir up the pot with the Hart family. It was nice to see you saw all the hearts wearing the the singlet with the heart logo right on the midsection, just like Brett wore. And of course, everyone wore black with a pink liner, but Brett wore all pink with the black liner, which Owen had a problem with, of course, which fits so well. And remember, it ended with Owen hitting, running into Brett, and Brett slamming his ribs on the the guardrail, and then Shawn Michaels rolling him up. Rolling, rolling Owen up for the 1-2-3 pin, and Owen being the only one to be pinned in the match as they were victorious over Shawn Michaels and his Knights. And then Owen came back out and started to have a problem with Brett because he was the only man that was out of the elimination match, and he couldn't celebrate with his family. Here started the Brett-Owen feud, the slow build that would continue on for many months in the WWF, one of the best rivalries in history. Considering the location of tonight's Survivor Series, let's put a historical perspective on tonight's venue. Tonight's Survivor Series will certainly be no tea party. However, much like our forefathers who participated in the Boston Tea Party, the Americans are speaking out. Just as John Adams led the Bostonians in the Boston Tea Party, I have the privilege of leading my fellow All-Americans into the Survivor Series. Paul Revere's words ring true today, one if by land, two if by sea. Paul Revere made his midnight ride to give a warning. Tonight, foreign fanatics, I'm warning you, you're not going to survive. Bunker Hill stands out in history as one of the most significant battles in the Revolutionary War. As far as I'm concerned, it's Bunker Hill all one over One big again. one, an eight-man tag team matchup, the All-Americans in action, captained by the real All-American. You've got it, Lex Luger. Lex will be joined by Native American Tataka and former WWF Tag Team Champions, the Steiner Brothers. The opposition on the other side of the ring, the Foreign Fanatics, captained by WWF Champion Yokozuna, well over that... Well, 600 pounds at least by now. He'll be joined by Ludwig Borga, the guy making all kinds of trouble, and the reigning WWF Tag Team Champions, the Quebecers. Right now, let's hear from the team of ingrates. You know, they're calling this team the foreign fanatics, and that's exactly what they are, because if you see the definition of fanatic, it's single-minded toward a purpose, dedication to a cause, and that's the way that all these men feel about winning, and they're all successful. The Quebecers, the world tag team champions, the most powerful man in the world, Ludwig Borga, and the anchor of the team, the World Wrestling Federation champion, the great Yokozuna. Now these all-Americans, Lugers, losers... Steiner Brothers, Tatanka, you're not going to be able to stand up to this combination because we haven't just limited ourselves to one country. We've got an international flavor. The best from the whole world is coming at the All-Americans. And as for me, I don't even care about those three stooges that are with Lex Luger. My beef is with Luger. He says he's the American hero. But Lex, you better cash your last check because this is going to be your last bout in the World Wrestling Federation. Because I'm not going to only break your back, I'm going to destroy your career. So does Nair! 
Get this, folks, another big match for Survivor Series. It's being called the Family Feud. And when you find out who's involved, you won't have to ask why they're calling it the Family Feud. It is going to be hot. It's going to be so hot that we've got Ray Combs. That's it, the host of Family Feud, the TV program. He's going to be on hand in the Boston Garden doing his thing. I'll tell you what, wait till you hear these teams. Team one for this family feud is captained by the self-professed king, Jerry Lawler. Also, he's going to be joined by three knights of the squared circle. Who they are, we don't know. I could care less, really. The opposition, we know about it. It is the Hart family, captained by former WWF champion Brett the Hitman Hart, along with his brothers Owen, Bruce, and Keith. And get this, in the corner, Papa will be there, Stu Hart in the corner of the Hart family. Right now, here's some comments from the excellence of execution. Brett the Hitman Hart, take it away, Brett. Jerry Lawler. You're going to bring some knights to the Survivor Series, and you're actually going to have the guts to step in the ring with myself and three of my brothers in what's going to be called the Family Feud. Jerry Lawler, I hate your guts. My brothers hate your guts. And you are going to pay dearly in the Survivor Series for every single thing you've ever said about my family. We're going to give whole new meaning to the word heart attack. Folks, I would not want to be under the crown of one Jerry Lawler when the excellence of execution decides to unload on him and whomever his three knights may be. They're all in for a long evening at Survivor Series. You can bet on that. Two more big matches aside. We'll find out about those a little bit later on in our Survivor Series report. Who will survive in this fall classic? Then in 1994, we saw one of the most dramatic moments in Survivor Series history. A lot of people fondly remember the title match between Bret Hart and Bob Backlund. Either you could say the in-ring action, particularly the ending stretch, either was one of the most dramatic moments or boring in recent WWF history. People fondly remember what was going to what was going on outside the ring. The match had special stipulations that the match could only end when a wrestler had someone throw in the towel on his behalf. Brett had the British Bulldog on his side, and Bob had Owen Hart, Brett's brother. During the match, Davy Boy was incapacitated, which made it unlucky for everyone involved in this match. Bob Backlund had Brett trapped in the cross-faced chicken wing for well over 10 minutes, but could not win the title. Brett was suffering, but the match could not end. The man that was supposed to throw in the towel, the, the towel was knocked out. Strangely, Owen Hart, who had been a rival for Brett for a year now, at this point, and had torn their family apart at the same time, seemed to be moved. He started yelling about how it was his brother, begging someone to stop the match, and even crying because of his brother's suffering. Unable to throw in the towel for Brett, since he was Backlund's corner man, Owen begged his parents to throw in the towel. Stu was very reluctant, but an almost unconscious Brett, and the weeping Owen was too much for Mother Helen Hart, who threw in the towel, awarding the match to the and the championship to Bob Backlund. Owen then started to cheer wildly and paid no attention to his brother. It had all been a ruse, and Owen fooled everyone. Now the title was finally off Brett, and Owen was responsible. The ingenious scheme is one of the highlights of the event. You can say this was the first time that Bret Hart was screwed at Survivor Series. All I'll say as well 
1994, we saw Chuck Norris. Enough said there. Thank you very much, Vince. I am standing with Owen Hart. Obviously, we've just witnessed some... We thought you were having compassion for your brother. Vince McMahon said we're seeing the true Owen Hart. This obviously was some sort of setup. <laughs> a setup? You got it right. That was a setup. This is the greatest Thanksgiving of my life. And mom and dad, <laughs> you fell right into my trap. You threw the towel in. And Brett, you're no longer the WWF champion. Mr. Backlund is. And Brett, I could have beaten you before, but you cheated. But now you're nothing. You're below me. You're down there in the gutter, Brett. You're not a champion anymore. You're a loser. And I'm a king. And Brett, you're a nobody. I'm going to be the WWF Tag Team Champion. I am going to be a WWF Intercontinental Champion. And Brett, I am going to be the WWF World Heavyweight Champion. And I, unlike you, will never quit. I will never surrender. You're a quitter, Brett. Mom and Dad threw in the towel. And you're history, Brett. And I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Don't you forget it, brother. Woo! As we enter the new generation of the WWF in 1995, we saw Big Daddy Cool snap at Survivor Series. Once again, Bret Hart in the main event spot, taking on Big Daddy Cool Diesel. This was the long-awaited rematch from the Royal Rumble in 1995, Diesel had been WWF champion for roughly a year at this point, with mixed results in the ring and at the box office. Vince was going to go in a different direction now, this time with the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels. But he needed a transitional champion. Enter Bret Hart. This was discussed in their rivalry DVD that just released. Bret and Diesel put on a very, very good match. And with the rules thrown out the window, it got very violent in a hurry. Brett went through a table near the end of the match before getting a surprise small package for a mild upset, winning his third WWF championship. After the match, Diesel viciously assaulted Brett, planting him into the mat with his trademark jackknife powerbomb. He continued to vent his frustration, taking out referees and yelling at the fans. The unsportsmanlike gesture turned the fans against Big Daddy Cool and set up the next few months' worth of matches between Brett, Diesel, Undertaker, and Shawn Michaels. In addition, it helped solidify the character that Nash would play eventually in WCW, giving him the edge and the cockiness that he endeared that basically endeared him to millions in that company. Aside from simply being flat out awesome in its execution, the turn was very indicative of where wrestling was going as a whole. The more shades of gray, the heel or the bad was starting to become good. The spirit of the Undertaker lives within the soul of all mankind. The eternal flame of life that cannot be extinguished. The origin of which cannot be explained. The answer lies in the everlasting spirit 
Soon all mankind will witness the rebirth of the Undertaker. I will not rest in I was there, Madison Square Garden, Survivor Series returned to the Garden. And this is where we saw the Garden turn on HBK. The boyhood dream becomes a nightmare. Shawn Michaels, the WWF Champion, takes on Psycho Sid for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. If you take this match and put it in any other building, I don't think you would have half the heat this match had. And Shawn Michaels likely would have received a warmer welcome. But as it was, New York hated the dancing babyface and booed him out of the building while openly embracing the challenger. I know Bret Hart and Steve Austin had a much better match, which we'll get into next. But this is a spectacle that no one can get tired of watching. HPK carries Sid to one of the best matches of his career and loses the title, ending the boyhood dream and in one's opinion, marking the unofficial start to what would become the Attitude Era. Starting to develop here, you saw a different genre or different era in World Wrestling Federation come about. This was during the period when Michaels had Jose Lothario following him around wherever he went. So when Sid grabbed a TV camera and smashed Jose in the chest with it, that was quite the shocking moment. Jose fakes the best heart attack ever on the floor, and as Michaels tends to him, Sid takes that same camera and smashes it over the back of Sean's head, muttering an audible F.U. I mean, I'm cleaning it up here. Andy Knowles will be happy. But not once, but twice. One powerbomb later, and Sid is your champion. Take note of wrestling superfan, my man, Vladimir, in the front row, where else would he would he be? I sat next to him many event, which we'll get into. He was actually a close friend of mine at the time, as he would always bring me up to the front row and sit with him. And we spent many, many a card together almost every month at Madison Square Garden and the Manhattan Center enjoying wrestling together. And he, he looked, who at the same time, he, he looked like he could not be happier to see an old man murdered as he high-fives and hugs the new champion on his way out. I loved it. I wasn't sitting with him for this event. I was off on the opposite side. But, of course, I had to laugh when I saw Vladimir hug him. If, you, if you've if never seen this match before, it's worth going out of your way to watch for no other reason than to see what wrestling crowds were once like and how a wrestling, a wrestling crowd can change the impact of a match. Shawn Michaels looked blatantly 
he, it looked he looked so out of place. It looked like he would, it affected him. You can actually see, and my my boys over at Review Away from from Live Audio Wrestling mentioned it, um, where you saw Shawn Michaels really really not accept the booze well in Madison Square Garden. He started flicking off the fans, and it shows how good John Cena is to this day, where. Cena can hear booze on a nightly basis and just take it in and go with it and still stick to his character and not retaliate or not lose his cool, especially at that ECW one night stand, the second one when he took on Rob Van Dam, when the fans hated him, he just took it like a man and proceeded to move on with the match, never let it get to him, and Shawn Michaels let the fans in Madison Square Garden get to him that night. You know, Brett, the whole world knows that you quit the WWF because you lost to Shawn Michaels. The pretty boy. The boy toy. Kicked your ass back to Canada. You couldn't face yourself and you can't face your family. You ran away in shame. You should have picked another time to come back, son. When the bell rings and it's time to get down to business, I'm going to take seven years of frustration and being pissed off out on your ass. Think about it like this, Brett. You can finally go home, look yourself in the mirror, and get a little peace of mind because you will know you were indeed beat by a real man. In one of the greatest matches in Survivor Series history, 1996, I was there. Madison Square Garden saw Brett Hitman Hart take on Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is one of my favorite matches of all time, bar none, not just being a Survivor Series match. Brett and Steve had great matches together. One of my greatest WrestleMania matches of all time, or one of my favorite, is Brett versus Austin, first blood match from WrestleMania 13. But this match is one of the greatest because I sensed we had a star and I'm not not lying here I have a sense of these things I've been watching wrestling for 30 years I sensed we had a star in the making with Steve Austin this match was historic and memorable on so many levels for one it was the biggest match in the WWF at that time for the man who would later go on to carry the company to number one Second, this was the first match back from a lengthy layoff for the WWF's top gun of the early 1990s. Third, a bad bad match or bad reaction may have stifled the rise of the top stifled the rise of Stone Cold Steve Austin to the top of the WWF. Last, this was the first in the series that would take the WWF into the Attitude Era. Steve Austin and Bret Hart tore the house down and arguably stole the show. The feud could not have gone off to a better start. The story on this night ended with Bret getting the win in a close match. Any other feud would have ended there. But as Austin said in, in promos building up to the match, Bret, it will never end. The two would go on to steal the show at WrestleMania 13 and have arguably the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. I'll say it to this very day. These two had great, one of the greatest succession of matches of all time. And if they're going to continue with this rivalries DVD, like the Bret and Shawn initial one, I want to see a Bret Hart versus Steve Austin DVD and have those two talk about the rivalry because it was so great. It was so epic. It was an epic encounter. 
The moment the two locked up solidified Steve Austin as a money, a big-time player, and a main event WWE wrestler. This match meant just as much, if not more, to Austin's career as any other that he ever had. This could have even meant more than a title win for him at that moment in his career. Because it made him, he say for instance, like now, sometimes they rush the title onto somebody like a Jack Swagger, who they're not necessarily ready for a t- championship reign, and you forget about them, and you forget about them. Sometimes, a match with a top star can mean more than a world championship reign. I think they have a potential if they did it right with Randy Orton versus Cody Rhodes right now. Cody Rhodes could benefit by having great matches with Randy Orton to send him to the next level. I'm not comparing Cody to Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying to send a, a big Carter or up-and-comer to the next level, you need to have that great series of matches with a top star like a Bret Hart or a Randy Orton. For Bret, the match was equally equally as huge. Bret left the WWF to pursue acting at the time he needed a break. It's discussed in the DVD as well. In the meantime, giving Shawn Michaels the ball to carry. Shawn's success caused bitterness and je- jealousy in Bret that motivated him to return to the ring. Bret talked a big game coming back, and a letdown at Survivor Series against Austin would have turned him into more of a laughstock than anything else. Bret wouldn't allow that to happen. He had too much pride. So when you look back, this was this was pretty big for both their careers, Bret and Steve. The match exceeded expectations and was the start of the Attitude Era. This 96 Survivor Series, we saw the start of the Attitude Era develop as they were getting more edgy, and Madison Square Garden set the tone for that. The intense build-up in promos between the two going into the match was on another level of anything that the WWF slash WWE had going in a long time, especially at that time. A forgotten match by many, but one of the most memorable moments in Survivor Series history was the night Bret Hart returned to Madison Square Garden and answered the challenge of Stone Cold Steve Austin. The ending was was great, with the Million Dollar Dream countered off the top turnbuckle by Bret into a pin, which we've seen done many times. Bret used that type of maneuver against Roddy Piper to win his first Intercontinental title at WrestleMania. It was done before... It's such a great spot, great ending to a match, and you knew you had a superstar in the making in Stone Cold Steve Austin. We will finish up this first part of the best of Survivor Series, the most memorable moments in the survival event, the Thanksgiving tradition, with 1997. Oh, what a year in Survivor Series history. This is the most controversial, most talked about, most argued moment in the history of not only of Survivor Series, but the WWE as a whole. I don't think I have to go over what happened that night in 1997, the Montreal Screwjob. Most people don't remember what happened in Survivor Series of 97 because in their minds there was only one moment, one match that took place in 97, that was Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. You know what happened. Bret Hart was screwed out of the World Wrestling Federation title in fear the title would be taken to WCW with him as is he was leaving the WWF. What I want to discuss here is the impact that match had going forward on the Survivor Series. For the next couple of years in the WWF, the Montreal Screwjob will be carried over in the theme of Survivor Series each and every year. As we'll discuss in our next part of Beyond the Bell, 
we saw another Screwjob theme carry over the following year in Survivor Series. And every year around this time in November, there's always a looming looming cloud or dark cloud of another Screwjob possibly happening. This was the true start. We saw the year prior the Attitude Era start forming in the World Wrestling Federation. This was the true start of the Attitude Era as Bret Hart left to go to World Championship Wrestling and the edgier World Wrestling Federation came about with World Champion Stone Cold Steve Austin leading the way. This night, the WWF changed forever. Survivor Series changed forever as we start to see less and less of the traditional Survivor Series elimination matches take place. The years prior, we start to see more of a dwindle of matches, but here is when the Attitude Era took over and we saw less of the traditional Thanksgiving event known as Survivor Series take place. And it was more of an attitude-filled Survivor Series. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Wrestling fans, it's time to thank our sponsors of the Beyond the Bell podcast. If it wasn't for them, BTB wouldn't be possible. A brand new sponsor to Beyond the Bell is Stitcher. Stitcher is a leading mobile audio company that provides a revolutionary media service which allows audio content to be easily aggregated, organized, and shared on mobile devices. It features the most up-to-date and relevant content in business, sports, politics, entertainment, and current events from the media industry's premier content providers. Stitcher works to provide an innovative platform for listening to audio content on the go. You can download the Stitcher app on all smartphones via the Android Market and the iTunes App Store. Stitcher, now streaming innovative audio. The SNS Radio Network provides daily audio programming that covers professional wrestling and sports entertainment. All produced by JJ Allcap Sexy, the SNX Radio Network provides nothing but top-notch audio for wrestling and sports entertainment fans. Shows include Wrestling News Live, The Pro Wrestling Rewind, Unplugged with JJ Sexy, What Would Fans Do, The Elite Force Podcast, and of course, Beyond the Bell. Also, the flagship of the SNS Radio Network, Sunday Night Showdown, where it covers all pay-per-views in the world of professional wrestling. The SNS Radio Network is streamed at Justin.tv, AudioWrestling.com, SNSRadioNetwork.com, Skype, and Google Voice. Basically, if you're not listening, you're not trying. Squared Circle Media. Jerome Willen provides Squared Circle Media to all pro wrestling fans. Squared Circle Media was designed to contain exclusive audio and video content. Squared Circle Media is proud to make episodes of Beyond the Bell and other pro wrestling audio content available to wrestling fans around the world. Pro Wrestling Ringside Radio contains news stories with analysis and opinions. And it is designed to be interactive by encouraging other fans to submit their own views of the top pro wrestling news stories. Pro wrestling fans are encouraged to send in their thoughts from Live Raw, SmackDown, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and other independent wrestling events held around the globe. You can find all content from Squared Circle Media at www.squaredcirclemedia.net. Ringannouncing.com is the official website of ring announcer Sean Beckerman. This is where you will find video, audio, and the latest schedule for the future of ring announcing. That's www.ringannouncing.com. 
all videos are streamed at the YouTube channel, also labeled Ring Announcing. www.ringannouncing.com is the home for your host of Beyond the Bell, Sean Beckerman. It's go time. The Jetpack. Hosts Sean Beckerman and Frank Zintel bring you The Jetpack, the brand new podcast dedicated to the New York Jets. The Jetpack airs every week during the New York Jets regular season. Each show will discuss last week's game, the game plan for next week, and much more. It includes audio and comments from Jets players and staff, courtesy of NewYorkJets.com. You can find all archive shows at jetpack.libsyn.com and on iTunes. Once again, that's jetpack.libsyn.com and on iTunes. The Jetpack has blasted off fans. If you are interested in advertising on Beyond the Bell, email us at btbwrestling at gmail.com and in the title type, Advertising. Join the Beyond the Bell revolution. It's go time! Wrestling fans, thank you so much for joining us as another episode of Beyond the Bell is in the books as we look back at the first decade of the traditional event known as the Survivor Series, 1987 to 1997. This era in Survivor Series history gave us so many memories, from the inaugural Survivor Series elimination match, to the finals elimination match developed a couple years later, to the debut of The Undertaker, to the heel turn of Owen Hart, to the heel turn of Big Daddy Cool Diesel, to the Montreal Screwjob, and throw in the Gobbly Gooker, So many memories were given to us from 1987 to 1997 for the traditional event known as Survivor Series. On our next edition, we will look at 1998 to the present day in Survivor Series history as the Attitude Era was running full blast and we saw a transition take place in the world of professional wrestling. Also, just to think, almost a year ago, Survivor Series was going to be no more in the world of professional wrestling, but nevertheless, it is back. John Cena and The Rock will team up, never before, never again, to take on The Miz and R-Truth. So we are celebrating the spectacular survival event known as the Survivor Series. I myself love Survivor Series because it was tradition. I remember having Thanksgiving dinner. This is when it first debuted. And then right after your your bellies are full of mashed potatoes, gravy, and turkey, you're ready to watch the Thanksgiving tradition known as Survivor Series. It was different. It wasn't a pay-per-view on a Sunday or a Saturday. It was a Thursday. It was unique. You got to see all your stars on pay-per-view on a holiday. What could be that? So fans, thank you once again for joining us. Part two of the series will come next week, and we'll also look at the greatest and worst team names in Survivor Series history, plus plenty of other programming coming along, Beyond the Bell, The Hulkamania Chronicles, and WCW 101. So fans, this week's old school theme of the week is dedicated to a star of the Survivor Series. We saw basically his heel run begin during a Survivor Series event, the Survivor Series elimination style match, where we saw the Hart family take on Shawn Michaels and his knights, we saw basically the debut of the heel Owen Hart, the Rocket, created at the Survivor Series. So what a fitting time to have this week's old school theme of the week be the Rocket, Owen Hart, his original theme in the World Wrestling Federation.
Remember, following our old school theme of the week, we will have our brand new segment re-debut once again, the old school LOL of the week, as we look back at some of the funny moments in the world of professional wrestling. Something to make us chuckle a la Bachamania. So fans, stay tuned for that. I'm Sean Beckerman, signing off. Thank you once again for joining us for Beyond the Bell on the SNS Radio Network. I'll see you at the matches. exciting first half of the Battle Royal here at Royal Albert Hall. I understand you spend a little time around London uh, today well, uh, getting out and mixing and mingling. So I did. I tell you, I'm prouder than Punch to be the, the Royal Albert Hall. I, t- I wish I had some relatives so they could be proud of me, Matt. I've never been in company this good before. Of course, I figured if they let Bobby the Brain Heenan in, that I could come in. I figured that was okay. Heenan, I've been listening to you. You lie more than the government does. And one more time, you call this a skirt, baby, I'm going to come up there and slap you so long your hair's going to go back to its natural color. And as for you, Mr. Ric Flair, the real world champion, if you believe that, you believe there's going to be a, a boy George Jr. Let me tell you something, real world champion, you feather-wearing f-
freak. Let me tell you something. Not one time have I backed down from no one. Battle Royal, you should see these guys back there. 20 guys, they're gnawing on the walls. They're gnawing on each other. Oh, it's going to be a wonderful time. What I'm going to do, I'm going to get my hands on Flair, going to finish up the Battle Royal. Then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get that football player, Gaza, going to take him to the disco, show him how to ring a few bells. Fire! Well, actually, I thank you very much, Roddy Piper. I'm going to be spending uh, time about 4 p.m. tomorrow afternoon for a little high tea over with the Queen Mother. Perhaps you could join me for that. Hey, fans. Ring announcer Sean Beckerman here. Want to go back in time and relive the greatest and worst in the world of sports entertainment? From all-time favorite matches to the worst gimmicks in pro wrestling, we cover it all. So join us each and every week on the SNS Radio Network as we go beyond the bell.